Welcome back to Be Great With Nate, the podcast that trains you to master your mind, body, and emotions to help you take complete control of your life. I'm your host, your coach, Nate Ortiz. I'm enthusiastic about teaching you how to manage your health and mindset while you pursue your goals in life. My goal is to clear your confusion regarding the body, mind, and life itself. If you want to learn how to become the best version of yourself, then you're going to want to stick around. 2023, it's here. We're here. Welcome back to Be Great With Nate. Hope all of you have some great, great, great activities that happen over the holidays, and I hope you're ready to tap back in and get back to work. So in today's podcast, we're going to go over how, how to actually achieve your weight loss and fitness goals in 2023. And I drew out exactly step-by-step step on what to do and then the roadblocks that people usually run into when trying to accomplish their fitness goal, which usually has them go backwards, Right. Usually they get back into the old habits. Usually they get back into um, not actually accomplishing this goal. And it's just a nasty cycle. So my goal here today is to first show you the fundamentals and then show you and teach you why people can't follow the fundamentals. A lot of it has to do with hormones. A lot of it has to do with many different issues that nobody's really, we're not paying attention to enough. Okay. So the goal is to, uh, for us to really, really be able to, uh, my goal is to bring you a, a podcast to actually help you get the results with this. And that's my, that's my goal for each podcast that I create for you. Okay, so how to achieve your weight loss goals or your fitness goals in 2023. So let's say the first goal is someone trying to lose weight. Okay, I bring you through the fundamentals and then I bring you fundamentals of someone trying to gain muscle and gain weight. There has been a lot of requests for me to make a podcast. Nate, how can you make a podcast on, you know, for people that can't gain weight? And uh, yes, I would dedicate a podcast to that. I'm trying my best to uh, be able to handle these podcasts that I already have planned, but I would try my best to get to that. Now, when it comes down to uh, gaining and losing weight, there's a lot of things that are in between that we don't look at. And when we first see the fundamentals of everything, then we can have the overview of each roadblock being different for everybody. And that's why I made this a, a nice, beautiful uh, podcast outline here to help each and every one of you accomplish your goal. Now, before we get started today, I had some pretty uh, exciting news. I came out today, the Paul Check podcast was released with me being on Living 4D with Paul Check. For you guys that don't know who Paul Check is, he was a huge mentor and idol of mine since I was a kid. And um, I actually went to San Diego in person with him and hung out with him for a day and we filmed the podcast. And it's a beautiful conversation. If you thought that you knew my story, you don't really know enough or you didn't know the things I said in this podcast because I never shared it. There's some real, real deep stuff that I share in this podcast that was really private with my family, but um, I had to go, you know, for my dad. He gave me permission to talk about some deeper things. So if you thought that, you know, what you learned before was deep, you're going to tap into something deeper. And, and Paul and I get into some deep conversations about fear of criticism, about uh, what is the purpose of life, why are we here? Um, it's really, really good, good, deep podcast. So I'll leave the link in the description below, or you can go visit Living 4D with Paul Check. My episode happens to be episode 222, which is pretty dope. So you can check that out. Okay, so for someone that wants to lose weight, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to get you to actually become aware. That's It's called the Weeks of Awareness is what I do with clients every time I, I bring them through anything with my coaching. And the first thing we're going to do is you're going to download an app. There's two apps that you can use that are pretty, pretty popular. My fitness pal is one of them. I have my clients for the last like six, seven years use my, um, 
lose it l-o-s-e-i-t now when i was using that app it was free now i anytime i recommend a client using it they were like yeah i brought their subscription i'm like i didn't even know they had you know that you had to buy the subscription so as far as i know i still got the free version you can go try it out but i like lose it because it's so simple not to say that my fitness pal isn't but when i got into the fitness industry a lot of people were using my fitness pal that were in the bodybuilding you know industry and it it had a couple things on it that was really you know uh kind of it, it, the brand seemed to be for athletes and and you know bodybuilders and when i was coaching a mom or just you know a regular person they're like it wasn't attractive to them it didn't stick to them so we use the app lose it when you go on the app lose it you're going to put your weight you're going to put your height your date of birth and then your goal whatever you put in there either way if you're someone who's trying to gain weight you're going to do the same thing but your goal is going to be gaining weight versus if you're trying to lose weight, your goal is going to be losing weight. And then you're, you're both going to get two different numbers. So let's just say a, a 200 pound person puts their information in one person puts to lose weight. One person puts to gain weight. It's going to ask you how much weight you want to lose, and how much weight you want to gain. I pref I, I recommend you going for one pound to lose. If you want to gain, go for one pound of weight gain. Don't go more than that. You're going to get different numbers. Just, I want you to think about your bank account for an example, right? the extra cash that you usually have your body i mean you can store that into your bank account you don't have to pay for bills you don't have to spend it you save it same thing what your body does with energy anytime your body gets more energy than it needs it goes oh thank you we'll just convert this into body fat anytime your body's getting less energy than it needs to maintain its weight then it goes okay thank you um we're gonna actually use this body fat to make up for what's missing okay so when a person is losing weight there's a couple things people do they try to lose five pounds in a week okay the first week you're always going to lose additional the first week or two you're going to lose a little more weight for a couple reasons number one you're most likely going to be pulling down your carbohydrates or you're going to be controlling your salt intake or you're going to sweat more all of those influence your body weight okay your water weight on your body which is going to have you weigh in a little lighter it's very important not to get caught up in those numbers because when you go weigh yourself week two, week three, and your weight jumps up two, three pounds, you can panic to think that you're actually gaining weight, but you're really not. Your body's just holding on to more water or to rehydrate it again because uh, you had a little more carbs and you had a little more salt in your diet. And I see this all the time with my clients. So what we do is the best way to go about that is track your weight for seven days and then divide the weight by seven and you're going to get an average weight. That's what I want you to start doing. So only focus on the average weight that you get after each seven days and then compare it to the previous week, okay? So when you are, are losing weight, it's very important to track each thing that you eat. People don't look at, so for the people that, that can't lose weight, they're not actually accounting for the oils that they use to cook their food, the milks that they put in their foods. That is, I mean, uh, in their coffee or their drinks, the beverages they may drink the little snacking that they do that they pretend that they didn't, right? You know, while you're cooking, you you go in the, you know, the closet and you uh, the pantry and you grab a little bit of extra chips or something like that. So it's very, uh, it's very important to be very honest with yourself. It's so important to do that. Now, a lot of you are going to be like, but Nate, I, I have these cravings or Nate, I'm always hungry. Nate, I'm always tired. I don't have energy to cook. I know that's why this is going to be a good podcast because I'm going to bring you through each of those roadblocks. Now, for those that can't gain weight, I had to do a research paper when I was in college 
about people who can gain weight. And we had to find people on campus in the cafeteria that looked really thin. And we had to actually <laughs> kind of follow them around and watch what they ate throughout the day. And I also did this with my brother-in-law, who's about 2% body fat. This dude is so, so lean. He looks like he should be, you know, a coach or a trainer. You would think that he's like one of the best fitness trainers in the world, how lean he is. But when you follow these people, these individuals, you see a couple of things. Number one, if they do eat more than one time or they eat more than two times a day, they don't actually finish their food. They never finish their food. That's just something that they don't do. They, they, they will grab a bunch of stuff, but they won't finish their plate. If they do finish their plate, see if they can finish that. See if they have another big meal like that throughout the day. And you'll notice a pattern. So think about someone you know who can't gain weight. Think about somebody who, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm, not, I'm the opposite of that. When I watch these people, I actually hover over their food and be like, are you going to finish that? Because I'll, I'll dog it right now, right? These people are also known as being carbohydrate types in the book Metabolic Typing. You can look up William Wilcock in Metabolic Typing. These are people who can get throughout the, through, through the day with like a, a banana and they'd be fine. A cup of orange juice and coffee or something like that. And they can go all day without eating. Now, protein types are going to have the opposite problem. A protein type is someone who lives to eat. All right. It's known that you don't want to get in between a protein type and when they're hungry. You, you can get a hangry person. If a protein type doesn't get enough protein to slow up the digestion of the carbohydrates with their food, they're going to be going, they're going to be having weight issues. They're going to be chunky. Protein types need to go, if they follow the advice of quote unquote health experts and magazines and bodybuilding and athletes, they find themselves in, stuck never being able to lose weight. It's something that I know personally because I am a protein type, but it's something that I have witnessed with a lot of my clients. Protein types also do better if they have more protein and fat before bed. If they eat a meal too high in carbohydrates, they sweat in their sleep, they pee throughout the night a lot, they're, um, they're always hungry, um, they depend on caffeine, they're, they're usually going through highs and low energy throughout the day, um, they're going to crave salt and sugar. Uh, they're going to have back pain. They can end up having low sex drive, uh, more body fat than they want in their body, skin issues. They can get, they can, the list can go on. So two different people, right? Two different drives, two different metabolisms there. Okay. So usually you really, I, in my, in my career, I, I never, I'm not going to say never. I probably one in every 20 people who come to me who have weight issues is a carbohydrate type. Most of the people who come to me who have carb, I mean, who have issues are protein types that are not eating enough protein in their diet. Protein is one of the most satisfying. Uh, it is the most satisfying of macronutrient you can eat. You got three macronutrients. You got fat, protein, carbohydrates. An example for each: olive oil, nuts. See, uh, nuts is fats. Those are just some examples. Proteins is chicken, beef, anything that had eyes before. Think about it like that. And the carbohydrates are like potatoes, rice, and bread. Protein is the most satisfying macronutrient. When you eat it, it fills you up the most out of all the macronutrients. You ever lay in bed and say, oh my God, I need eight ounces of protein right now. I'm craving that. No, your body's going to be craving things like chips, 
ice cream, chocolate, etc. So if you're someone that wants to lose weight, the first step that we need to do before we get into the roadblocks is understand the fundamentals with both people that want to lose weight and gain weight. If you want to gain weight, you need to eat more. If you want to lose weight, you actually have to start tracking your food. And you really want to get on top of tracking, get a food scale and track your food. Most people that do that, and I have clients that say, oh my God, I cannot lose weight. Oh my God, I can't do this. As soon as we start tracking their food, and then we go through each roadblock to make sure that they're not going through issues with the roadblock. As soon as we go through each food, and we start tracking food, they're blown away that peanut butter can be 200 calories per tablespoon. They're blown away how many carbohydrates to eat and how much protein they're not getting in their diet. I see it all the time. So you need to be able to account for each thing that you eat. You can go to the treadmill all you want and do 300 calories. But if you're overeating 500 calories, you're still going to gain weight. Okay, so download that app, start tracking your food. Put it in the app. Every time you eat, track it in your app. Roadblock number one is going to be cravings and hunger. I want you to look up Dr. Ted Neiman. Dr. Ted, T-E-D, Neiman, N-I, I'm sorry, N-E-I-M-A-N. Dr. Ted Neiman has a lot of presentations on YouTube and shows over and over and over again in each study that people overeat and have cravings because they do not eat enough protein. He shows that the average American is uh, calories um, that they consume, only 13% of the calories are towards protein. The rest is fat and carbohydrates. Fat and carbohydrates are both energy macronutrients. So he calls it a toxic energy overload. You're eating all this extra energy and you're never satisfied. So what the body does is it creates cravings for another handful of chips, another piece of chocolate until it gets one gram of protein from the chips, another three grams of protein from the chocolate. And a person continuously eats and can't control their eating because their body is looking for more protein in the junk food. So he shows studies where if you, when, as soon as you give a person up to 20 to 25% of the calories from protein, you just increase it from 13 to 20 to 25 percent immediately their cravings go away and they naturally are put themselves in a caloric deficit when they're overweight so what i'm saying to you is increase your protein number two water most people don't drink enough water and if you are drinking water make sure you're getting water like spring water water that has minerals in it if you're drinking water that's reverse osmosis with no minerals in it, you're going to just pee it right out of you. You need to add some minerals to your water. Drink more water at the same time. Take your body weight and divide it by two, and that's usually the amount of ounces that you need in water. But here's the thing. If you're over-drinking caffeine or if you're on a stimulant or if you're on a medication that dehydrates you, like a stimulant, like Vyvanse and Adderall dehydrate you, there's other ones, but those are the ones I'm familiar with then you're going to have to drink a little more water on top of what I just told you about taking your body weight and divided by two. So water. Number three, fiber. So the three laws to staying full on a diet is protein, fiber, and water. Fiber is green leafy vegetables. Increasing your low, uh, fruits, right? Uh, for an example, if you're someone that, let's just say you eat a lot of um, junk food and chips. Trade that for some berries and strawberries 
and see if you start getting fuller faster when eating fruits versus chips. If you're craving some sweet, trade the sweet junk food for fruits and see if you start feeling, you know, you start having a different, you start feeling full. But before you even get into that, if you have enough water, with each meal, increase your, pro, I mean, your protein with your fiber, with some vegetables with it. So you have protein, water, and fiber, you would notice that you won't be as hungry. And if you are, then stick around because we got more roadblocks to go to. That's roadblock number one. Roadblock number two is going to be stress. People do not believe stress is a real thing. I'm telling you right now, the good thing that my audience is anywhere from 28 to 45. Specifically, I think it's really like 35 to 45-year-olds. So shout out to you guys, I think. But I know for a fact 25 to 45 is where my niche is at with this, this podcast. And if you're younger than that, or older than that, thank you for being here. Stress is a real thing. I had to learn the hard way. It's it. If you don't like where you, if you don't like where your life is today, look at what you're doing subconsciously. But if you don't like how you feel today, look at what's subconsciously stressing you out. Stress interrupts sleep. Cortisol levels being high, you. I made a podcast about the seven steps to improve stress. You can go check it out. Cortisol levels being high at night keep you up at night, make you make you sweat in the middle of your uh, and, and while you're trying to sleep. It never allows you to get into deep sleep, which makes you wake up the next day, not being able to get to the, throughout the day without a pot of coffee. Stress also interrupts blood sugar. The more stress that a person is under, the more that their body's going to produce blood sugar through gluconeogenesis and fight or flight from fight or flight or your body being too much in a sympathetic nervous system. Stress also can be triggered from toxins in the body. And this is something I want us to really, I'm going to dedicate a podcast to it. I want you to start thinking about these two things. Number one, do you have any uh, fillings in your mouth? Did you go to the dentist to get fillings? And if you did, are they mercury fillings? I've been having this heart pain, this weird heart pain for about a year and a half now. Year and a half, two years. Sometimes it comes and sometimes it, it's not there. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's stress and maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And uh, two years ago, I woke up. My tooth, my part of my tooth just fell out. I don't know what was going on there. And I had this wor the worst pain of my life. It was right before Christmas in 2019 or 2020. Sorry, 2019, right before COVID happened. The only dentist that was open that week was a dentist in Harlem in the middle of the hood. I don't know about you, but if you ever had a bad toothache, I had one of the worst tooth pains in my life. It only went away when I put cold water in my mouth or warm water in my mouth. And then as soon as the warm warmness went away with the salt, it boom shot. It was like a knife going through my tooth, up my gum to my brain. It was one of the worst pains. It was probably the worst. I'd rather be shot next time. I'm not even trying to exaggerate. I don't know what that feels like, but the pain that I was going through was extreme. So there was this one tooth, um, one person that was open in Harlem in the middle of the hood. I immediately jumped in a car and went there the next day in emergency. Now he had me waiting and I was beg I I was like, yo, I'll pay you more. Just numb this tooth right now. I can't sit here with this pain. I was tearing and everything. So he got me in, did a root canal on the spot, and then I was great. And um right after the root canal, 
he, I, my pain went away and then COVID happened like, a, like mm, two, three months later. And I was supposed to go back and get more work done on my other tooth. But long story short, my life never has been the same since I got that root canal. My life has never been the same. If you go back to my YouTube videos right before COVID, I was 10% body fat. I was shredded. I had a jawline like a model, a GQ model. Insane. My health, energy, and mind, and heart pain, and digestive issues coming back off and on had been all over the place. And guess what I just discovered, my friend? I had this intuition that I had to do something with my mouth. So I went to the dentist. And I said, I think I need to take out this, this tooth back here, this root canal. The dentist went back there and said, oh, yeah, you have, it's, it's full of mercury. I said, what? He said, yeah, look, they put a camera back there and my tooth, he did, a, he did a root canal with most of it being mercury. So then I go Google mercury filling. And then I start doing a bunch of research. Then I went back to my integrated health practitioner school, went to the section about mercury fillings. Then I went back to my stuff at the Czech Institute and I said, oh my God, I'm suffering. I think I have mercury poisoning. So then I came across a book called The Toxic Tooth. Not only did I learn that the mercury filling was causing my body a lot of stress. But anytime you get a root canal, it causes major health problems. A tooth that is dead, arguably, is not supposed to be in the body. And I'm going to leave a beautiful podcast down below of a doctor teaching you on why this is the case. So, my friends, I am now going to be making an appointment to get this tooth pulled, which I'm pretty scared for. But, And what I started to do is I started to every day take a protocol of detoxifying my body and fasting my body. I used to be able to fast. I couldn't fast no more. I used to stay lean because I used to be able to fast all day. I was a, I was, I started intermittent fasting in 2011, 2012 when people thought I was nuts. And then it came out, the study showed that it was healthy. But what I'm trying to say to you is I could not fast no more. I noticed my energy drop. I couldn't handle more than a cup of coffee a day. There was a lot of problems I was going through. My body was under too much stress. Your body may be under too much stress because of toxins. Make sure you look up the medications that you're taking. Look at the side effects of that. See if it's toxic. Think about if you lived in a house with mold or you live in a house with mold right now. Do you have mercury in your mouth? Do you have many, do you have a root canal or many root canals? These all play an effect on the body's ability to handle stress. The mercury in the toxic, I mean, in the, um, in the root canal that I had, which is now known as my toxic tooth, develops a lot of ba uh, unhealthy bacteria that then uh, basically bleeds, not bleeds, but uh, releases a lot of toxins to my body. And one of the number one signs of having an issue with toxins in your body from mercury and a root canal is heart pain. I think I read a, a statistic. I can be 100% wrong. Do not quote me. 
I think it said anywhere from like 80 to 90% of people who have heart disease have a root canal or mercury in their mouth. I read some, I, I, I think I came across it in that book. I'm not sure. That's why I said, don't quote me, but it's a pretty high number of people who have heart issues and cardiovascular issues that have that. Also, if you have a toxic tooth, like a root canal that's, that became toxic, or you have mercury in your mouth or heavy metals, you'll never get rid of a fungal infection. Or it would be almost impossible because the fungi is number one, is thriving because your immune system is being suppressed by the toxins. Number two, there's also fungi as a teacher too. Fungi will come and try to help you. So I don't want to get too deep on that, but I just thought I should bring that to your attention. So what I'll do below is I will leave a link for the book, The Toxic Tooth, and I will also leave the um, the link below for the doctor who did a great job of, the dentist who did a great job of describing um, the side effects of having a root canal and describing uh, the symptoms of it and what you can do about it. I'll leave that down below for you. So toxins are a huge one for stress. Okay. So outside of mental stress, outside of not sleeping enough, and outside of having blood sugar issues, toxins are another one. So make sure that your stress is under control. And if you have your, your stress under control, then you should be on your way to continue to get your results with weight loss and weight gain. Because if if you're having issues with too much stress, some people don't eat enough when they're stressed. They don't eat at all when they're stressed. Some people overeat when they get home from stress. You see what I'm saying? So it all depends on who you are. And then number three is following things that are called, I call non-facts info. Non-facts info is believing things that are actually not factual. Okay. So things that are not factual are going to be things like, um, you can eat as much as calories as you want and you can still lose weight. That's not a fact. Or you can eat as much as you want, as long as you exercise, you're going to lose weight. That's not true. Okay. Or, um, you're not losing weight because, of just because of one thing and not the other, right? You have to be able to look at everything as a whole holistically. So stay away from things that are not true, right? Um, your body fat does hold on. Your body will hold on to body fat if it's under a lot of, if it's, if it's very toxic. Because remember, toxins are stored in adipose tissue in your fat cells. But what usually you'll find is that as soon as someone is losing weight and they're not eating correctly to help their body detoxify the toxins that are then pulled out of their, their body fat, then they feel sick, they feel tired, they go through, you know, uh, you know, if they're on low carb, they go through something they call the keto flu, or they just go through a bunch of side effects. So one of the things I recommend doing is go, get a Yogi Detox Tea, Yogi Detox Tea, and sip on that and do more research on how to, de uh, you know, maybe some supplements that you feel comfortable with helping your body detox. But if you add enough green leafy vegetables, organic meats in your diet with green leafy vegetables and fruits, that also is going to be a huge assistance for you to help you detoxify. But usually if someone has issues with digestive, um, it has digestive issues and they're not able to digest the food and assimilate the food correctly, then they may not be getting that nutrition, that nutrition that can help their liver detoxify. So I know there's a lot of info there, but um, it's hard for me not to give you just a little more info and, and just uh, ignore these facts. Okay, another one's going to be insulin resistance. It, it Insulin resistance is a true thing. Insulin resistance, basically, what happens with people that are insulin resistant is there's many different factors. I'm going to break you through. I'm going to walk you through it 
to be as simple as it can. When you eat carbohydrates like glycogen and even sucrose, half glucose, half fructose, like sugar, processed sugar, your body stores glycogen, I mean uh, carbohydrates in your muscles. Now, if you're someone that is overeating carbohydrates and you're not actually burning the glycogen that you stored in your muscles, then your body gets to a point where your insulin levels get high. Insulin levels get high because your body insulin is trying to take the stored sugar and store it in the muscle, but the muscle is like, yo, bro, I already have glycogen in here from yesterday <laughs> or last week. You didn't burn me yet. I, I can't take on you. I can't take that on. So insulin, then since it can't get into the muscle, it would it, it usually can over it also stores in the liver as well. But then you can become resistant to insulin. So what this does is you can start converting that carbohydrate into fat faster. And then your body's insulin levels being so high leaves your body hungry. Because since the body thinks that the insulin is, I mean, the blood sugar is not being stored, it can start to think that the body's not producing enough insulin. So it produces more insulin, which then can drop your blood sugar really low, which then leaves you tired, hypoglycemic, um, moody, and then craving sugar, which then you eat that and you start to cycle all over again. So you go on a wave of high blood sugar, low blood sugar, high blood sugar, low blood sugar, high energy, low energy, and then you can't move without a cup of coffee or some tea throughout the day. So when a person does become insulin resistant, they become tired, they become hungry. After a while, it can drop your body temperature because it can start to mess with your, um, your thyroid, etc. So what I always do with a client so they don't get too lost with things. If you're someone who's really insulin resistant, you can look up Dr. Jason, J-S-O-N-F-U-N-G, Dr. Jason Fung. He has a great book called The Obesity Code, but he has a great YouTube channel that you can learn a lot more of this. There's a lot of arguments in the science, you know, in science about insulin resistance and the truth and the facts and non-facts. And uh, I think some of the science is catching up a little bit, but I am one to say that I have seen this be a case for a lot of my clients. One of the things that I noticed that help a lot is just getting them to start burning that extra glycogen and becoming aware of how many carbohydrates they're eating. So if you're one to, you know, suspect that you're having insulin resistance, the thing that I would do with you is down, when you download the app, lose it. Don't go over 100 grams of carbs a day. So anything under 30 grams is going to ketosis. I don't want you going to ketosis. I'm not telling you to do that. You can do that on your own if you like, but I'm not telling you to do that. What I'm saying is what I see that happen um, that works a lot is if I restrict a person to not go over 100 grams of carbs a day. What that does subconsciously to them is they start increasing their protein and healthy fats in their diet, which then they notice that they're more full. They're not overeating anymore. They have more energy. They're not having low blood sugar no more. And they're able to exercise more consistently. Okay. So to save you the headache, the time, the drama, start moving your body an hour a day. Just go for walks. If you want to go to the gym, amazing. But I talk about this all the time. Just start walking, moving your body. Number two, if you increase your protein, then over time, increasing your protein, healthy fats are going to help you. You're going to have to restrict one of them. And you'll start restricting the amount of carbs. If you're going to eat carbs, don't eat the processed stuff. Trade the processed carbohydrates for the natural carbohydrates, okay? Things like vegetables and fruits. And, and, and then track your food. The goal, what I see for the most part is when a, a person's insulin resistant, 
their body uses energy different and stores energy differently. They, at the end of the day, it's still energy. We can have a better control of your energy if we manipulate the macronutrients that you eat, which is protein, carbs, and fats that have a different effect on the body's hormonal system. So proteins that are mixed with fats are known to be a little better for someone that has insulin resistant outside of having just strictly high levels of protein, like chicken breast. That still is going to spike your insulin a little bit, but chicken breast, it's known that if a person eats their protein that has natural fat with it, like some saturated fat, which has been debunked a thousand times today about how that used to be bad for you, uh, that slows down the digestion of the protein and helps actually protein, fat mixed with protein actually helps protein be assimilated better in a digestive tract. So I'm saying all that to say, yes, insulin resistance is a real thing. Pre-diabetes is a real thing. Uh, type 2 diabetes is a real thing. If you have that, the main thing for me that I'll teach you is how to control your carbohydrate intake. So you're no longer having those blood sugar crashes and you're no longer overeating because you're tired and hungry all day. And now you're exercising a little more because you're no longer as tired as you were before. To break that down, it'll be super simple for you, okay? If you're someone who is uh, 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 someone who's trying to gain weight and, and or you're trying to gain muscle, it's important that you're eating enough protein and carbohydrates throughout the day. Finish your food. Track your food and finish your food. And start weight training. You should be weight training both ways if you're trying to lose weight and gain weight. When you weight train, resistance training prevents muscle loss during a cut or when you're losing weight. And it, one of the reasons why is because as your body's burning body fat for energy, if you're in a caloric deficit, if you don't give your body any reason to keep protein, there's two ways you do that. You train the muscle. And the muscle only needs to be trained about three to four times a week. Some studies even show twice a week of a full body exercise can help prevent muscle loss during a, a weight loss. But, and you eat enough protein to protect the muscle. If you don't eat enough protein, your body will use its own, its own muscle for its needs of the, the micronutrients of that protein. It's uh, some people, it's hard for people to understand that, but I've, um, I've experienced that with clients many times. Okay. My goal is to try to make that simple, this podcast simple, but, um, I tried my best. So my goal is to leave you some references down below. Hopefully this can help you and bring you more awareness in your journey. Uh, I wish all of you a beautiful, another successful and healthy wealthy year 2023 you know you are who you think you are remind you of that so if you want to lose weight it's very important that you use that in your self-image start walking like the person that you want to become talking like the person you want to become acting like that person you're not going to just magically become them overnight you got to do it now okay all right well i'll leave all that information down below thank you for being here peace Thank you for tuning in today. I hope the show gave you valuable information. If you did, take a screenshot, post it on social media, like your Instagram story or someone on your social and tag me. I will definitely get back to you. I really appreciate the love. Or you can easily just leave a rating or a review if you have the time. You don't understand how much those little things right there help me push this show to get more people like you to listen. If you want more Be Great With Nate, you can head over to BeGreatWithNate.com and I'll meet you there. Until next time, peace.